And the reading, it's from Mark chapter 9, verse 30 to 50. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose his reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Oh, hi everyone, my name's Tom, and the question that we're asking today is, how can I put other people first? Uh, I wanted to show you something that uh, we've done with our kids uh, for about a year now. Uh, this is a little chart that we made for them, and uh, on this chart, they get, they get to go on the chart every time they put someone before themselves, every time they put usually their brother or sister first. Um, so when they do it, they get to go on here, and then each time that they put someone first or put someone before themselves, they go up, 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 until they get to the finish line, when, which is where they get a prize, um, and you can see the finish line says last. And the reason that we're doing this is because we're trying to teach them uh, to uh, live the way that Jesus says that we should live. And, uh, and that can be seen in this passage here. So it says, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. Um, and that's uh, the passage that we're looking at today as well, where Jesus says that we should put other people first. The only thing is, is that it is incredibly hard. Um, I don't know about you, if, if you have kids, but it seems to me like kids instinctively just find it really, really hard to put others first. They want to be first. They want to be first in everything. 
And of course, it's not just kids, uh, it's us as well. Uh, when you think about it at, um, when you're at school, a school has all different types of groups. You've got the cool group, you've got the sporty group, you've got the nerdy group and the loser group and all these different types of groups. I'll let you have a guess at which group I was in. Um, all these different types of groups, but everyone wants to be in the best group. Everyone wants to be first. Everyone wants to be at the top. Uh, and you do that by, by pushing other people down. And of course, this, this doesn't go away when you become an adult. We just become cleverer at hiding our desire to come first, don't we? Uh, to put ourselves before other people. And, and we do this in, in every aspect of life, uh, whether it's uh, in our family, wanting to be first still in our family, whether it's at work, wanting to get ahead and be better and more important uh, than other people, uh, or even just at the shops, uh, wanting to get in line first, wanting to be first. Uh, this is a big problem that we all have. We all want to put ourselves first, and yet Jesus teaches us that actually we should put other people before ourselves. And so what we're going to be asking ourselves when we come to this passage is, well, how do I put other people first? How can I do that? And so we're going to ask two questions from this passage. First of all, why should I put other people first? And then secondly, how do I put other people first? What does that look like practically for me? Uh, so let's get into the Bible and have a look at this. Okay, so first of all, why should we put others first? Uh, the passage begins with the disciples acting just like the rest of the world. Uh, they're arguing over who is the greatest, who should be first. Uh, and in response to this, uh, this is what Jesus says, and, and, and he's teaching us about how we all should act. Have a look at verse 35. Jesus says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last, the servant of all. Now, just before this, uh, we're told that Jesus has predicted his death. It's actually the second time he's predicted his death in Mark's gospel so far. And this is really important for us understanding why we should put other people first. Uh, because in this section of Mark's Gospel, Jesus predicts his death three times. And after each prediction, Jesus goes on to teach about how we should, as disciples, live, how we should follow Jesus. And there's always a connection between the two. So how we should live as followers of Jesus is connected to the fact that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross for us. And that's exactly what we see in this passage why is it that we should be putting other people first? Well, it's because this is exactly what Jesus has done for us when he died on the cross. So think about it for a second. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is God himself. He is right at the top. Uh, as, as far as God is concerned, Jesus is number one. Now, where do we fit in on that scale? Well, we are right down the bottom. Why? Because we're sinners. We've all rejected God and said to God, I don't want anything to do with you. And we've lived lives in a way that, that God has said not to live. And so Jesus is right at the top. We're right at the bottom. And yet what does Jesus do for us? He loves us so much that he actually comes down to earth. Not only down to earth, but he becomes a servant of us. He dies on the cross for our sins. The most humiliating, lowly sort of death you could imagine. So Jesus puts himself all the way down. He becomes last. And why does he do that? He does it for us. He does it for the last so that we can come back to God and be in a right relationship with him. And so you see, Jesus' death is a picture, uh, is, is the great example of exactly what Jesus is calling us to do. 
What does Jesus say? Anyone who wants to be first must be very last, the servant of all, just like Jesus is for us. And this is why we should want to be putting other people first and putting ourselves last, because that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. So that's why we should put other people first. But then the question is, well, how do we do that? What does that look like practically? And really, there are lots of things we could say here. There are lots of ways that you can put other people before yourselves. And, and Jesus actually unpacks this uh, more and more throughout the, sort of these chapters of Mark's gospel, the, these sections where he predicts his death. All throughout, he's talking about how to put other people first. But in our passage today, there is one very specific way in which Jesus shows that we can put other people first. And that is by welcoming other believers. So Jesus starts by talking about kids. Uh, we're told uh, that Jesus takes a child uh, who was among them. Uh, he takes the child in his arms and he says, "Whoever uh, this is verse 37, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Uh, in Jesus' culture, kids didn't matter that much. They were right down on the pecking order, right down at the bottom. And people wouldn't really give them the time of day. And Jesus takes one of these kids uh, and he says, actually, putting yourself last, putting other people first, means welcoming one of these. Welcoming someone who is right at the bottom rung of the ladder. Now, when I was thinking about this, I thought, ah, oh, you know, this doesn't really apply to us that much because, well, we love kids in our culture. You know, we, we, we think kids are amazing. We put kids right at the top. Uh, at our old church, when we had our first, uh, our first child, he was kidnapped every Sunday at church. And like we'd only find him at the end of, at the end of morning tea because there were all these you know, lovely old ladies who wanted to have a, a cuddle with him. Uh, people love kids. And I think, yes, that's true. People do love kids these days. But... I think we still sometimes don't, uh, even as Christians, we don't treat kids as actual people uh, who are worthy of respect and who, who we should pay attention to. You know, think about it. When, when you have the kids at church, oftentimes we can kind of feel like they're just kind of in the way and really we don't want anything properly to do with them. Um, and so we often don't even give, we don't give kids the time of day when we're at church. Think about it. When you're at church, do you get down to the kids' level? You know, do you get to know them? Or do you try to have a proper conversation to, with them? Uh, or do you just think, they don't matter that much, they're not that important, they're just kids? I think here there's actually something specific about kids that we can hear from Jesus. Jesus says, putting yourself last, putting other people first, means paying attention to the kids in your church getting to know them, getting down to their level, treating them as actual people uh, and encouraging them and, and talking to them just as you would anyone else at church. Uh, Jesus says that if you welcome one of these kids, you'll be welcoming him as well. And I think this is really key for us in the way that we think about kids at church. Um, if Jesus came to church one Sunday, I'm pretty sure that after church during morning tea, you'd probably want to go up and at least say hi, if not have a conversation with him. Well, Jesus says, if you welcome a child in my name, you're actually welcoming me and the one who sent me. You see that there is actually greatness in welcoming 
the lowly. If you want to be first, put others, even kids, first. Welcome and include them. Uh, Jesus goes on to, to sort of give another example. And this time he talks about outsiders, believers who aren't really part of our group. Uh, so we're told that the disciples tell a man to stop driving out demons because he wasn't one of them. And Jesus corrects them. He says, well, well no, if he's for us, then he's not against us. In other words, if he's a genuine believer, if he trusts in Jesus, then he is one of us, even if he's not you know, part of our group. And this is important for us to understand as a church. What defines us as a group, as a community, as a church, it's not whether they are like us, but it's whether they believe in Jesus and are part of Jesus' family. Jesus is clear. Anyone who trusts genuinely in him and follows him is in. He is one of us. And I think as a church, sometimes we can fall into the trap of creating groups and cliques around other criteria. Uh, we often, I think, welcome people only if they are like us, if they're in the same life situation as us, or maybe they're just sort of the same social class as us, or they have the same interests as us. These are the people that we welcome and get to know and engage with. And we kind of leave other people on the periphery. And Jesus says, don't do that, because what actually binds us together is believing in Jesus. If he is for us, that is, if he believes in Jesus, then he is one of us, and we should absolutely welcome him. And again, Jesus says, if you do this, it will make you great. You will be rewarded. So verse 41, Jesus says, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. See, there is greatness in doing what looks like lowliness. If you want to be first, put others first, even the lowly, even the outsider. Welcome and include them. Well, Jesus ends our passage with a warning, and it's a strong, strong warning. Uh, Jesus says in verse 42, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it will be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. And this shows us how valuable lowly and seemingly unimportant people are to Jesus. See, I think the way that our world works is we think that the lowly and the unimportant are cheap. And what I mean by that is it doesn't really matter as much what happens to them. If somebody is really important, if somebody's right at the top and something bad happens to them, we all worry. We're desperately sad about it. But if someone who doesn't matter that much, unimportant, lowly, bottom of the rung, something happens to them, well, it just doesn't matter as much. And that's because we have devalued them because they are not as important in our eyes as others. But what Jesus shows here is, is that even the little ones, even the lowest amongst us who are believers, are incredibly valuable to Jesus. Uh, my kids break stuff in our house. It's what kids do. They, they break things. And most of the time, I don't actually mind because they're kids. Of course, they're going to break things. So if, if one of our kids, you know, drops a glass and it breaks on the floor, okay, kids will be kids. That's what they'll do. But if my kids go near my laptop, 
my expensive MacBook Pro laptop, my laptop that has my thesis on it and that I don't want anything bad to happen to. If they even go near that, suddenly I get very tense and worried. And if they were ever to break my laptop, I will be quite, quite upset. Now, why? Because I think the laptop is valuable. It matters to me. Well, Jesus says that the lowly and unimportant matter to him. And in fact, they matter so much that Jesus says if anyone causes them to stumble, and by stumble here, the word refers to you know, causing someone to fall away. If anyone causes them to stumble, to, to leave Jesus, well, it will be a very, very serious matter indeed. And Jesus is showing that the lowly and the unimportant believers in our church are just as valuable to him as anyone else. Uh, Jesus finishes by saying that if something causes you to sin, you should chop it off, cut it out. So he says, verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Verse 45, your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. And I think that's really interesting because in this context, I take it that what's causing us to sin, what he's talking about is us not welcoming others, us putting ourselves first, just like the world does. And what Jesus seems to be saying is, don't get rid of that person in your life. Get rid of the sin in your life. See, for the world, when you try to put yourself first, they, they try to get rid of other people so that they can be on top. But Jesus says, no, 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 don't, don't get rid of that person. Get rid of your sin. Don't cut out the lowly from amongst you. Cut your sin out. From amongst you. And that's what we need to do it as a church. That's what everyone needs to do in their lives. We need to repent of our pride and our desire to be first and to put others last. And we need to cut that out. We need to repent, turn away from that sin and do what Jesus says. We need to welcome the lowly and unimportant amongst us in our church. In the last verse, Jesus says, this kind of obscure, enigmatic saying. In verse 50, he says, Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. Um, every Friday, I cook chips in our air fryer to go with our dinner. It's a bit of a, a fun treat at the end of the week, and the kids love it. Chips for dinner, it's really exciting. And what makes the chips so good is the salt. That I put on them. If I didn't put salt on those chips, it would it would be okay, but it would not be nearly as good. Chips need salt. But think about it: if I sprinkled salt on my chips, and then they didn't taste any better, what would the point of the salt be? You know, I get so excited about salt. I love salt. Salt would not be that good if it didn't make things salty. In fact, it would be entirely pointless. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't have it in the house. Certainly wouldn't sprinkle it on chips. What makes salt great is that it's salty. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, he died to create a community that loves one another, that is shaped by Jesus' death. A community that actually puts each other first before themselves. A community that welcomes believers who are lowly and unimportant. And if we're not like that, what's the point? 
What does it mean for us to be salty, to have salt amongst us? Jesus says it means that we be at peace with one another. That we're not constantly trying to push each other down to get on top. But rather, loving one another, we pull each other up, welcoming the outsider, welcoming the the lowest amongst us. We are at peace with one another. That is a salty, tasty church. I mentioned before at school that schools have lots of different groups. Uh, But as a teenager, I was invited to a very, very different group. It was the local church's youth group. And it was my first real introduction to Jesus. And what struck me at first, more than anything, the first thing that struck me was how welcoming this group was. You know, people loved you for you. And they actually put you first before themselves. Now, it wasn't perfect. You know, we were still selfish teenagers who cared about how good we were. But the spirit was clearly at work in this group. And I could notice it. I could see it. Teenagers putting each other first and welcoming the lowly. It was tasty. It was salt and vinegar on your chips sort of tasty. Let's be tasty like that as a church. Jesus put himself last when he died on the cross for your sins. Let's do the same for one another. Oh, let's pray. Loving Father, thank you that Jesus made himself last and put us first when he died on the cross. We pray that we would follow him, that this would change us so that we will put others first, welcoming the lowly and the unimportant in the world's eyes and putting them before ourselves. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we're going to now respond by singing King of Kings, Majesty.